When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. J-Bone here, and it is time to recap and review the 2023 Austrian Grand Prix. Let's kick things off with everybody's favorite summarization. Here's the 2023 Austrian Grand Prix in 60 seconds. The starting grid featured Max Verstappen in P1, duh, and interestingly, the two Ferrari cars in P2 and P3. The Ferrari car looked solid, just like last year in Austria, minus the explosion, and Max's third all-time streak of 248 consecutive laps in the lead ended after Max's first pit stop when the two Ferraris ended up ahead of him. Of course, 10 laps later, Max retook the lead without a fight, but Ferrari still did something. Checo spent the race making his way up from P15 to P3 with a solid recovery drive. Max Verstappen went full show-off and still won the race over Leclerc in P2 despite pitting with two laps left to get the fastest lap point. Nick DeVries got a five-second penalty during the race for forcing K-Mag off track as he continues what Helmut Marko would call his F1 farewell tour. And that was the only penalty in the race. Just kidding, there were 19 time penalties for track limits violations, 12 of which were handed out after the race and changed the result of every points-earning position from P4 to P10. J-Bomb! Now let's dive into all that in a bit more detail. But first, let's check in with my brother and producer, Producer Jeff, who was in Austria for the Austrian Grand Prix. Producer Jeff, radio check. I'm here at the Austrian Grand Prix. What a crazy race. Over 1,200 track limits violations. I actually have a list of them over here that I'm going to go get and read them. No, wait, 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 wait. Eh, I'm not waiting for that. By the way, if I get 1,000 likes on this YouTube video, I'll pay producer Jeff's screen limits violation fine, so toss this video a like to help both him and me out. In my Austrian Grand Prix preview, I gave you five Formula One storylines to follow for the 2023 Austrian Grand Prix. Let's see how those shaped up. Your first storyline to follow was F1 Sprint returns for the second time this season. And while we can all agree that the F1 Sprint race was entertaining, especially that battle between Max and Checo, it's hard to judge how much of that excitement came about solely as a result of the F1 Sprint format and how much of it came about as a result of the changing weather conditions that led to a bunch of chaos and different race strategies coming into play. It was Probably, honestly, a combination of the two, but the weather definitely did F1 Sprint a favor by causing a fair amount of excitement and chaos that we would not have otherwise seen that could then be credited to F1 Sprint. Now, I am not the world's biggest F1 Sprint hater. I'm also not its biggest fan, as I think there are some very obvious changes that could and should be made to improve the product, such as a single lap shootout, sprint qualifying format. I think that's very obvious and they should do that right away. I just hope that this F1 sprint race being good won't stop F1 from trying to improve on F1 sprint and making it great. Your second storyline to follow was, will we see Checo Perez finally return to form at the Austrian Grand Prix? I'm not gonna lie. Checo had us in the first half in Austria when he missed out on Q3 for the fourth race weekend in a row. 
After this happened, it very much looked like Checo's return to form would not be happening at the Red Bull ring as a P15 start is not what you're looking for when you're trying to prove to yourself, your team, and the world that you're a top driver. However, Checo bounced back from this setback very well, going on to finish P2 in the sprint race and then put in a phenomenal recovery drive during the Grand Prix in which he gained 12 positions and finished on the podium. It wasn't the perfect recovery as Checo may have been able to fight with Leclerc for P2 had he not gotten himself stuck behind Carlos Sainz for too long due to Checo mishandling DRS detection lines, but Checo didn't need to be perfect. He just needed to return to form in this great Saturday and Sunday. Make it seem like Checo maybe has? Of course, we won't know for sure until we see what happens in British Grand Prix qualifying as Checo certainly has not yet returned to qualifying form. Vamos, Checo. Your third storyline to follow was the battle for second place in the Formula One World Constructors Championship is getting spicy. And guess what, folks? After the Austrian Grand Prix, the three-way battle for Formula One's second-place constructor is even spicier than it was before. It still goes Mercedes P2, Aston Martin P3, and Ferrari P4, but the gap between each team is now even smaller. The gap between P2 and P4 is now just 24 points, down from 45 points after the Canadian Grand Prix. This is truly an unbelievably unbelievable battle for second place, one of the best in the history of the sport, perhaps. And if you're angry that Red Bull's running away with both the Drivers' and Constructors' Championships, I recommend you just forget that they exist for the remainder of the season and focus on the battle for second place, because it's looking like it is certain to deliver excitement from now through Abu Dhabi. Your next storyline to follow was this would be an emotional weekend for Red Bull Racing. And not only was the Austrian Grand Prix weekend an emotional weekend for Red Bull and Alpha Tauri as they both paid tribute to their Austrian late co-founder Didi Mateschitz at Red Bull's first home race since his passing, but it was an emotional weekend for the rest of the grid as well as the entire motorsport world as Formula Regional European Championship driver Delano Vanitov tragically passed away at the age of 18 as a result of a crash that occurred during Spa-Francorchamps Race 2 on Saturday. Rest in peace, Delano. Your final storyline to follow was Williams are the team to watch in Formula 1 right now. And while they're still a team to watch, they're no longer the team to watch after they just had a little heat check in Austria where they left without any points from either the sprint race or the Grand Prix. The new team to watch is McLaren, for whom Lando Norris had an absolutely amazing weekend after McLaren added a bunch of upgrades to his car. Lando finished P4 in the Grand Prix, his best finish of the 2023 season thus far, earning Driver of the Day honors in the process. I'm excited to see how McLaren continue to develop their car this season, as they seem to be on the right track. No pun intended. I think Alpine should be worried as McLaren appear to be coming for that P5 in the Constructors' Championship spot. My Austria recap is sponsored by Bird Dogs. And listen up, because I have a new code. It is code BONE at birddogs.com bone for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. Bird Dogs makes the best shorts and pants you will ever try on. And I, as always, 
I'm not just saying that because they're paying me to, which they are. I wear bird dogs at least four days per week because they look great, feel even better, and because I can do anything in them. I can chill, I can bike, I can golf, I can work out, I can go on a road trip, I can even swim in them. I actually went to a 4th of July party this past weekend, and my fiance asked, oh, J-Bone, why aren't you wearing a bathing suit? And I said, oh, but I am. They're just also my normal shorts because they are bird dogs, and you can do anything in bird dogs. And don't just take it from me. Also, take it from Squires, a member of the Formula Bone Discord who used my bird dogs code to get himself a pair of bird dogs and a free tumbler and declared them to be, quote, so comfy. I assume he was referring to the shorts and not the tumbler. You need to be wearing bird dogs and I've got you covered with a special deal. Go to birddogs.com bone and enter promo code bone for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. It's one of those super premium thermos things that keeps your drinks hot or cold, whichever you want. Yeti sells them for like $40 and you can get one for free with my code. That's birddogs.com bone, promo code bone for a free tumbler. You will not want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you. Next up, here are some additional storylines that arose from the events of this past weekend. First and foremost, the Austrian Grand Prix was an absolute clown show. An unbelievable 19 time penalties for track limits violations were handed out at the Austrian Grand Prix, 12 of which were handed out after the race and ended up changing the result of literally every single points position from P4 through P10. There should never be a situation where seven points positions are changed after a race as that off-track changing of results massively cheapens the experience of what happened on track. What's the point of watching or driving in a race if you have no idea whether or not what plays out on track is going to be even close to the official final result? It's even worse that it's all centered around something as clear-cut as track limits where surely Sensors of some kind can be added to the sport to automate the process of determining when a car has gone outside track limits in real time so we don't have to have these post-race results changes. Now, a triangular blame game is currently being played with drivers and teams blaming the FIA, the FIA blaming the Austrian Grand Prix race organizers, and the race organizers blaming the drivers and teams. All the while, us fans over here are just like, uh what, and are just hoping that all of them can work together and figure out a solution so that we just don't ever have to deal with this circus ever again. Okay, clowns? Second, Max Verstappen just pulled off one of the cockiest moves you'll ever see in sports. With two laps remaining in the Austrian Grand Prix, Max Verstappen was in first place and had a 24-second lead over Charles Leclerc in second place. Max's lead was so large that he could have easily just coasted to his fifth straight F1 victory without a care in the world, but folks, that's just not who Max Verstappen is. You see, Max Verstappen didn't just want to win the race, he wanted to score the maximum amount of points possible for the race, and in order to do that, you need to have the fastest lap of the race, which at the time belonged to Max's Red Bull teammate, Checo Perez. So Max gets on team radio and tells Red Bull he wants to box and put on soft tires, which are the fastest tires, so that he can go and get the fastest lap point. His team is like, uh, that's not worth the risk, which it certainly was not 
as you only get one additional point for fastest lap. And if something were to go wrong during either the pit stop or the fastest lap attempt, the team could potentially lose up to 25 points that were essentially already in the bag if Max were to just go and finish the race without boxing. But again, that's just not who Max Verstappen is, and he persists in asking and eventually convinces his team to let him box for soft tires. Having previously held a 24-second lead, Max came out of the pit lane with that lead over Leclerc cut down to under three seconds, all because he wanted to try and steal one measly point from his own teammate, which is one of the cockiest moves you will ever see in sports. And of course, because he's Max Verstappen, everything went simply lovely, and he still won the race and got that fastest lap point that he clearly wanted really badly. If that doesn't show how Max is in a league of his own right now, I don't know what does. And finally, the most embarrassing record in all of Formula One was just broken. At the Austrian Grand Prix, Alpine's Esteban Ocon racked up an astonishing five time penalties worth a total of 35 seconds. The first was during the race for an unsafe release in the pit lane that led to him impeding Logan Sargent, and the remaining four were all handed out after the race for track limits violations because apparently Esteban Ocon was just out there driving Rainbow Road instead of the Red Bull ring. The funny thing is, the record that Esteban broke? It was held by none other than himself when he racked up three time penalties at the 2023 Bahrain Grand Prix earlier this season. It's worth noting that Ocon actually shared that previous record with Pastor, aka Crashdoor Maldonado, who himself accrued three time penalties at the 2015 Hungarian Grand Prix personally. And this is just my own thought. I think Ocon wanted that record all to himself, no more sharing it, which is why he decided to create a new Red Bull Ring layout in his brain and drive that instead of the actual layout, a move which I personally respect. Congratulations on your record-setting drive, SD Bestie. Next up, here's how my three bona fide race predictions fared at the 2023 Austrian Grand Prix. My first race prediction was that Checo Perez would return to the podium after three straight podiumless races, and ding ding, J-Bone got that one right. J-Bone! After seeing Checo qualify P15, I did not think I was going to get that one right, so thank you Red Bull for building a rocket ship. My second race prediction was that Fernando Alonso would not podium at the Austrian Grand Prix, and ding ding, J-Bone also got that one right, but I'm not happy about it. So out of respect for my king, Fernando Alonso, I'll be administering a solemn J-Bone. 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 My third race prediction was that a Mercedes would podium at the Austrian Grand Prix, and they did not, as the Mercedes cars kind of stunk it up in Austria, but two out of three ain't bad, folks. You also may remember that I predicted the Austrian Grand Prix's top five finishers, and my predictions were P5 George Russell, P4 Fernando Alonso, P3 Lewis Hamilton, P2 Checo Perez, P1 Max Verstappen, and how my 54321 ended up was actually 75831. I clearly underestimated Ferrari and McLaren, which I'm sure you can understand. Something I'll never underestimate, though, is my incredible merch, because I know that it is the best in the game, folks. Why is it the best? Because the designs are all amazing and will get you compliments from fellow race fans. And because my products ship globally, I ship all around the globe. And also my products come in a bunch of different sizes and colors so you can find what's right for you. If you like what I'm wearing and or the amazing products that you see on screen right now, then head to the Formula Bone shop and pick up some of my amazing merch via the link in the description. J-Bone! Merch, merch, merch. 
Finally today, in non-Formula One news, this NASCAR story is blowing my mind. This past weekend, NASCAR took a break from oval racing to speed around the streets of Chicago at the inaugural Grant Park 220, which was the first ever street race contested in the history of the NASCAR Cup Series. And while it's awesome that NASCAR is getting into the super fun street circuit game like F1 and IndyCar are, that is not what's blowing my mind. No, what's blowing my mind is that the race was won by Shane Van Gisbergen, a three-time Australian supercars champion who was competing in his first ever NASCAR race. By the way, the team for whom he was driving, Trackhouse Racing, is co-owned by racing driver Justin Marks and Mr. 305 Pitbull, yes, actually, Dale. By winning the Grant Park 220 on his NASCAR debut, SVG, as Shane is known, became the first driver to win on debut in NASCAR in 60 years after putting in one of the most memorable drives in motorsport history. If you're wondering, only three times in Formula One history has a driver won on debut, and two of those don't really count because one was Nino Farina winning the first ever F1 race in 1950 when every driver was making their debut, and the second was Johnny Parsons winning the 1950 Indy 500, which also had a field consisting entirely of drivers making their Formula One debuts. The one driver whose win on debut I do count is Giancarlo Baghetti, who won the 1961 French Grand Prix on debut. Of course, I had to go and make this NASCAR story about F1, but don't let that take away from SVG's amazing accomplishment on the streets of Chicago this past weekend. Subscribe now so that I can see you back here later this week for my British Grand Preview, where I'll give you everything you need to know before you watch this weekend's British Grand Prix, including J-Bone's bonafide race predictions. Special shout out to my top Patreon supporters and YouTube channel members, Colkey, at Rated Bookie, and Glow! If you want your name shouted out in all my videos, along with a bunch of other awesome perks, hit up the Patreon and or YouTube channel member links in the description of this episode. Until next time, folks, Jebon! Jebon!